Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We're going to turn our attention to financial matters and the fiscal update, the mini-budget, whatever you want to call it. It's always a time we pay attention to this, but this had a lot of stuff attached. If you are the Prime Minister and watching those sagging polls over and over and over again, you finally get the message, housing and finance, economic woes. We see the Conservative leader, Pierre Polyev, feeling the pain, and we were expecting a little bit of a show let me put it that way, when we saw the fiscal update. I don't know if we got it, but we did get a focus on housing. We got a mortgage contract, and we got an attempt for the Liberals to hit that reset button. Goldie Hyder joining me live here this afternoon, President and CEO of the Business Council of Canada. Goldie, happy Sunday. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Annie. All right, Goldie, it was a big moment, wasn't it? Did I set it up too much? I don't know, like fight night, but that he finally got the message. And I was looking at this mini budget and fiscal update and covered a lot of them. I don't know about you. I mean, you're from the Business Council of Canada's point of view. They had a lot of a lot riding on it. How did they do? Well, you mentioned we, we've covered a lot of them together, and I miss the days where these uh, fall economic statements were exactly that. They were a fiscal update, <laughs> as opposed to what you're calling it a mini-budget, but actually our new world, almost it's a year. And that means a chance to spend, but it also means a chance to figure out how we're going to grow our economy. And I think, unfortunately, this budget, continue, or this, excuse me, this fall economic statement continues to put the emphasis on some of the spending, as opposed to uh, how we're going to grow our economy, and how are we going to also manage our borrowing costs. All right, Goldie, what were you looking for? You know, individuals were looking, let's face it, you were probably looking for the same kind of thing. Individuals were saying, what's in it for me? Is this going to help me with my mortgage? Is this going to help the housing? And the housing dangles over everything. It's got to dangle over your position with the Business Council of Canada well, because I, I, you, can't I, I, have a, you can't have a functioning society, we, we finally realize, without housing. I'm not sure there's much of a difference between what business and or the public was looking for. In fact, there's ongoing suggestions that the public is concerned about the management of their finances at a time in which they're doing all the things that they need to do as, as citizens taking care of their own lives. We kind of look at the government to say, look, we got to make sure that we're not passing this all on either, uh, you know, just running ourselves into deficit and debt. So we have a government that unfortunately has a credibility problem, and this is not uh, something I say lightly. It's backed up by evidence. This is a government that continues to miss its own target targets, not within years, within months, especially on the spending side. So that's a dangerous situation when you have sort of a triple whammy coming at you. Inflation continues to be persistent. I know there's a, a big victory lap going around that we dropped it from 3.8 to 3.1, and I don't want to kind of poo-poo on the parade here, but look, it was largely dropped by energy. Energy can change. Uh, another issue in, in somewhere in the world can get your energy costs up. So we have to be mindful that we're not quite at 2% just yet. Uh, it may not see increases in rates, but it's, we're not through the through where we need to be. We've got reduced revenue because there's a, a government, again, that puts out a statement that's very optimistic on the economic upside is no recession at all. Well, read the room. I mean, all around the world, people are preparing for a recession just in case. We could be in one. We could be in one, Goldie. Yeah. Sometimes we're in it before we know. Yeah. Most of them are predicted after they started. You may well be right. And then the other thing, as I mentioned, is borrowing costs. Everything that we spend on interest is money not spent on the priorities of Canadians. It's as simple as that. 
And look at it. I mean, here we go. And I reference this often. I'm going to say it again. I, I remember on the debate stage, as many Canadians and lots of our listeners will, when Justin Trudeau stood there and he changed his stance and he said the impossible. You bet I'm going to run a deficit. <gasps> yeah, they was just so out of style. And he said he was going to do it. And he did do it. And there was a big party going on when it comes to how much money. There's a lot of free money. The party's over, Goldie. In this fiscal update, I think one of the the things that just kind of whacked us in the face, wasn't it? The amount of money we're spending, not on repaying the debt, the interest on the debt. Yeah, I think one of the, there's a lot of unfortunate legacies coming out of COVID, but one of them is it's almost like a billion dollars doesn't mean anything anymore in government. It's it's still a billion dollars. It's not a million. And we're spending, uh, you know, just uh, as if it's nothing. The truth is we're coming off a very extensive time in COVID. And look, the government managed that crisis as well as it, it could. And there wasn't a playbook. Everybody did their, their very best. Are there lessons learned? Sure, there are. But we also spent a lot of money that wasn't necessarily related to COVID. And, and now we're in a situation, we've been warning for this day that the time will come where you'll really need to make investments in Canadians and you'll be running up against rising borrowing costs because you haven't had the discipline to do what you say in words. I mean, we hear the rhetoric, fiscal framework, fiscally responsible, you know, and then we get the measurements against America and Japan. With mm-hmm. great respect, we're not America or Japan. We're 40 million people in Canada. We're an aging population. Our birth rate is declining. We're not leveraging our natural resources. America's economies. Booming, yeah, and, and, and so you, you, can't, you can't bank on something like that. We just feel that this is a lost opportunity to really create some discipline by having an anchor. If you say you're fiscally responsible, you've had, you call, you moved the anchor to call it a guardrail. Then you made one thing a guardrail. Now you made a new thing a guardrail. It, it, it's like a, you know, that uh, moving, everything's a moving part here. Why don't you just simply say, I won't spend more than 10% on borrowing costs against my revenues. That way, when revenues go up, you might be able to spend a little bit more. <laughs> you can afford a little bit more. If they go down, you're going to have to find a way to cut. And there's no discipline if you don't measure it. And then this is our concern is they have a fundamental credibility problem. And I think it's, it's weighing on Canadians. You know, I, I think there was a great headline. I'm, so, uh, I'm sure you saw it. I, I forget who put it out there. It's kind of like an analysis that they've cut their spending and they're just not spending quite as much as they were overspending before. And they haven't, yes. you said they haven't uh, wrestled the disease or admitted the disease, Goldie. Yeah, and, and as I said, it's partly because the, the, the rhetoric doesn't match the outcomes, right? Why don't you show us that you understand the, the math side of this equation? Um, and you can't just say it's because of my debt-to-GDP ratio. You're coming off a very, very low bar. We spent hundreds of billions of dollars. So, of course, it's going to be declining over time. But even then, you know, in a matter of like this year, next year, give or take, we're going to spend as much on our borrowing costs as we're spending on health care for Canadians. That should, like, everybody should pause for a second here. Hear me again. We're going to spend as much on interest as we are on your health care. Wow. Is the spending just the government's problem? This is the big dilemma. I think, you know, this was uh, uh, certainly a dinner party discussion. I've had it. What about everybody else? It was a party. And uh, is there a responsibility there? You're talking to business. Did they do the things that you're asking for that they planned for these days? Or was this just one big heck of a wild time and everyone thought it would never end? 
See, I think, look, I put a lot of the emphasis on the spending issues. And look, the evidence is there. Everybody can look at the numbers and say, yeah, they keep missing their numbers. We hope they don't miss it this time. Uh, But there's also the question of the other half of this ledger. Where will growth come from? And so what we've tried to do in the business side as well is to say we have a lot of things that we can do on this front, but we need the investment climate in which to do it. So first thing, of course, is if you don't create confidence that you care about your fiscal discipline, your path to balance, that's an unhealthy environment in which to attract investment because businesses see taxes for them, but also for their employees. And so you want to see that fiscal discipline starting. Second thing you want to see is, is this an environment where regulatory uh, environment is is, is um, uh, welcoming of capital to form, whether it's Canadian capital or foreign capital? Is it a place you can have reliable and, and confident uh, measures uh, to be able to build things in this country? I mean, I, I, I ask Canadians, tell me what you think we've built in the last 10, 20, 30 years here. This is a country that was built. We have infrastructure that was built by predecessors, by ancestors of ours. We haven't been doing a lot. No, so it is, you know, this government is elected, so we turn to them and say, fix it, please, of course. And they do. They crow about it when everything's good. They do. So they they deserve it. You've just brought up them, too. This whole attitude has been around for a while. There's been a lot of resistance, kicking the can down the road. Who who want, interviewing politicians about who wants to build infrastructure at a municipal, provincial, and federal level? Who wants to do it when you're spending all the money in some other person in the fancy chair with the power of get? get all the joy out of it. And it's not exclusive here. This is this precedes this government as well. The governments of different stripes have struggled with building infrastructure in our country. And we've got to have a much more cooperative approach um, that includes with our indigenous communities. You know, one of the things that I was disappointed not to see finally brought in place is something business has been very supportive of, and that's the Indigenous Loan Guarantee programs that would allow for capital to be de-risked, for Indigenous groups to be partners in projects, have equity stakes, you know, create prosperity for their communities. And we've been talking about it again for over a year here, and now it's been said we'll put it in the budget next year. Well, look, next year's budget could possibly be an election budget, which means if it could delay another 9, 12, 18 months. It's this lack of urgency uh, on our part that is going to catch up to us. Again, compliments to the government and what they announced in the last budget on the economic growth side was the need for our ability to compete with the United States and this so-called Inflation Reduction Act. And, you know, so I thought our government's response was rather robust. But we're still waiting nine months later for the implementation. That's it. It's, you know, the sentences are said, Goldie, aren't they? But they're not done. And that's been kind of a, a real problem that is been maybe say trend over time that there, we always have some kind of an announcement, some kind of money, some kind of a prior commitment, but they don't come, they don't get done. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I go back to the sort of the social media and where our politics has become hijacked by movements and less responsive to actually governing and more responsive to whatever the message of the day is with the hashtag attached to it. And governing is hard. Governing is about making choices. So I say this to all political parties, anybody aspiring to form a government. Be prepared for that because that's what you owe Canadians. We're electing you to create the policy framework that will attract capital, that will create jobs, that will allow Canadian companies to grow 
and be celebrated for that growth so that they can go on and compete globally. I think Canadians want more Canadian companies to be successful globally. We miss the days where her BlackBerry was attached to the brand of Canada. We have to be able to create that environment. And let's do it in partnership. That's something we've been saying for nine years here. Like it's not a it's not either or. Let's work together, especially on your priorities. You know, the the issue of the climate change is not something that, that we can't work together on. And businesses are very committed to getting to that net zero, but it requires more than rhetoric, more than language, more than uh, policy pronouncements and communications exercises, it's actually the heavy lift of doing the implementation and the operationalizing of that policy. And we can do that together. It doesn't have to be at, at loggerheads. All right. I'm going to ask you something, too. You know, you're talking about partnerships. You're looking, but we're also looking at the connected. As you said, the business community doesn't want much more than the individual. We have a housing crisis. We have a really serious housing crisis, and it's kind of ties in and to what you just said. I mean, this is this is things not being built before. But Goldie, now, now that we have this in focus and on some of the criticism on this fiscal was about the increase in foreign students and still bringing more in. I mean, the amount of housing that's going to be built will not make a dent on even what we had already on the books, never mind increasing here. Goldie, we need immigration. We need it economically. How much of a, how much of a bonfire have we created here that's connected? People need a place to live to have an effective society. They just do. And all of a sudden, we're all turning to each other going, I, this is such a new, immediate, intense problem. Well, look, business is very concerned about this issue because our employees are those people you're talking exactly. about. They need a they need a place to live. Uh, look, I, I, I'm not going uh, to to create false hope here. This is not a quick fix. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a longer road because we've created some of these problems. You know, it takes over 160 days longer to get a permit to build something in Canada than it does in the United States of America. Our permitting reform has got to be addressed in terms of expediting what it means to build something. We have to to address our zoning issues. We have to address our density issues. Canadians have to be honest about their own nimbyism you know, issues. We have to recognize that it's a chicken and egg argument around the uh, immigration question because I represent a number of companies who are in the, in the, in the, in the housing uh, trade and housing business and housing and, uh, you know, construction business. And they tell me regularly, I can't find plumbers. I can't find engineers. I can't find project managers. I can't find drywallers. And so it's, it's like chicken and egg. On, again, on the upside, one of the things we're doing in great partnership with, uh, with the Department of Immigration is looking at ways in which we can go abroad and bring in exactly the kind of labor that we need that is not available to us. Yeah. Wasn't there an element? There was some small, well, there was an element in the update about that. Trying there to... is. And let me be clear, like right. Can- Canadians can know that Canadian businesses are first and foremost committed to hiring people who are already in Canada, whether that's indigenous groups, whether that's people with disabilities, whether that's women underemployed, whether that is men underemployed, whether that is immigrants underemployed. Let's get them all to work and let's address this foreign skills accreditation issue once and for all. And you know what happens even if we do all of that early? Mm-hmm. Still need more people. And so we have to be very careful to maintain support for immigration, but bring about the people who are coming here to work. Let's get the economic migrants in because that's how you build support for our humanitarian and our family class. Are you concerned and worried about those numbers? Canadians priding themselves really committed to immigration. And now there's a hesitancy because 
they don't have anywhere to live. You know, people yep. in Atlanta, Canada said to me, you don't invite people for dinner if you don't have anything for supper. Yeah, uh, absolutely. There's concern for that. And this is where, again, working together, identifying what the actual issues are. How can we go about doing it? Because we're not going to be able to build 3.5 million homes in mm. a year or two. Let's be honest with the Canadians. This is going to take some time. And yes, you can announce some cute measures around, you know, A or B and B or whatever it is, but they're not even going to make a dent in the big picture here. We have made this problem and we have to, we've made it over time and we're going to have to solve it with much greater urgency to be able to deliver the kinds of housing that Canadians are expecting. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.